Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts. Today is part two of our featured sermon. I want to encourage you, if you've yet to download my free mobile app, go to awakenedtograce.com or download Awakened to Grace wherever you get your apps. Let's go to God's Word today on this episode of Awakened to Grace. Is God active in your decision-making? Dads, are you being led by the Spirit of God on behalf of your family? Moms, are you being sensitive to the Spirit of God and how you're raising your children? Are you sensitive to the Lord? Or are you Samson? Are you doing only what's right in your own eyes? This was, Satan, this was Samson's fatal flaw. When you go to chapter 15, well, let me, let me finish up 14. He, things go south with his wife. He's angry because she told them the riddle. He abuses. He takes advantage of the favor of God on his life in a horrible way. He storms back home to his parents, and then he goes back to his bride. And, <clears throat> and man, her father, boy, he's a character. Oof. Read, just <laughs> read about him. And Samson decides to destroy the vineyards and the grains and everything of the Philistines. And the Philistines are so angry that they burn his wife and her father. It's a crazy story. Now the feud is on, and War is on, and Samson goes to a city, chapter, four, chapter 15. He goes to a city of Edom, and the Philistines come after him, and again, violating God's law the second time. The Bible says he takes the jawbone of a donkey. Remember, he wasn't supposed to touch the body of any dead thing, and he takes the jawbone of a donkey, and he kills a thousand men with just that. He had unbelievable ability, but he's not glorifying God. And as a matter of fact, after he kills the thousand men, he even composes a song about it. When in reality, he composes a song that glorifies God, but in reality, he violated God's law. Friends, are you any different today? Have you come in here today and have you sang the songs? Have you prayed over things in your life, but yet the actions of your life are absolute opposite of God's law? Friends, we can be just like Samson. So we see that he belonged to God all along. We see, number two, that he did what was right in his own eyes. Chapter 14, verses 3 and 7, and then now we're going to see that what he really is is a prodigal. He was, he was, he had the title. I mean, he was a judge of Israel. He was a man of spiritual stature as well as superhuman strength. But in reality, he was not living for God. What are the traits of a prodigal? Let me give them to you quickly and then we'll... We'll finish his, his story. 
And there'll be some great news. Let me give you quickly four traits of a prodigal. How do you know if even if you're in church today, how do you know that your heart is leaning toward a prodigal side? And what did we say a prodigal is? A prodigal is someone who belongs to God, but is not living for God. A prodigal is someone who lives for themselves. Number one, a prodigal is impulsive. Samson allowed his emotions to rule him. Samson allowed his flesh to rule him. Samson constantly appeased his flesh. He did not care what God thought. He did not care about God's statutes. What he cared about is being led by his emotions, being led at times by his stomach and by the desires of his flesh. Friends, as I said, Galatians 5 makes it clear. You will either walk according to the Spirit or you'll walk according to the flesh. An old Native American one time gave a great analogy of walking between the Spirit and the flesh. And, then, and this is what the Native American said. He said, I've got two dogs inside me. He said, I've got a good dog and I've got an evil dog. And he said, these dogs are constantly fighting. They're always at war. They're constantly battling. And he said, do you know what dog wins the war? The one I feed the most. The one that I keep the most healthy. And so it is in your life and my life. If you keep the things of the Spirit healthy in your life, that's why it's so important that you're in God's house today. That's why it's so important you you listen to the Word of God. You read for yourself the Word of God. You memorize the Word of God. That's why it's so important you wear the armor of God. And you're around the people of God. And when you keep the things of the Spirit strong in your life, you'll overcome the flesh. But the opposite is true. If all you do is feed your flesh, it will overcome the things of the Spirit. Are you impulsive? Are you ruled? Are you dominated by how you feel? Are you led by your stomach? Are you led by your flesh? Are you led by your lust? Are you led by your desires? Or are you led by God's Spirit? You will be one or the other. Samson was impulsive. Number two, Samson was compromising. He took the commandments of God casually. They really didn't mean anything to him. Now, let's get down to where the rubber meets the road here. What did it matter if he touched a dead body? I can hear Samson on that road where the carcass of the lion was with the honeycomb. I can hear Samson saying, I'm one of the most successful men in Israel. No one can overcome me. God's blessed me. God has strengthened me. What does it matter if I touch this dead body? I can hear Samson as he reached for the jawbone of a donkey and kill a thousand of God's enemies and say, what does it matter? God blessed me anyway. And friends, you may not be saying that with your mouth. But many of you are saying it with your lifestyle. You're saying, what does it matter if I'm in sexual immorality? What does it matter if I tell lies and I'm deceptive? 
What does it matter if I take what's mine and steal? What does it matter if my spouse doesn't know what I'm doing? What does it matter if I open up doors of texting and lunch meetings and things that really are inappropriate? What does it matter? Friends, I want to show you with the Word of God why it matters. We fast forward in Samson's life and he meets a woman named Delilah. The sin of Samson's life grew more brazen. He moved out of his parents and the place of godliness. He moved into the capital city of the Philistines. Delilah means of the night. And what scripture is saying is that the darkness in Samson's life was growing. The stakes were getting higher. He was going deeper into sin. Matter of fact, the first part of chapter 16, Samson is visiting prostitutes. Can you imagine the man of God, the judge of Israel, the one that God anointed, the one that God appointed, and he's visiting prostitutes? And then he falls in love with Delilah. Just like believers today fall in love with this world. Friends, 1 John 2, 14, 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Light and darkness cannot walk together. And yet he goes into darkness. He moves into it. And he falls in love with Delilah and... Three times he tells her lies on how to bind him. Let me tell you what a blatant picture of playing spiritual games this is. And finally, just like he did not learn from his previous wife. I mean, I can't believe we're in the sequel. Just like he did not learn from his previous wife, he does not learn from Delilah. He tells her His secret, that his strength is in his hair. She convinces him to fall asleep in her lap. And the Philistine comes and shaves his head. Was he a heavy sleeper or what? Good night. She wakes him up. Samson, the Philistines are here. And he says, I'll shake myself free like other times and I'll overcome them. Chapter 16, verse 20. Friends, I'm going to show you the harm of sin with the word of God. Chapter 16, verse 20. When, Samuel awoke, when Samson awoke, listen, he did not know that the spirit of God had left him. Some of you are messing around with sin today. And you're saying in your heart, it's no big deal. What is the harm? Friends, let me ask you a question today. What if the harm is that you're driving away the Spirit of God? What if the harm is that you're grieving the Holy Spirit that resides within you? Have you ever thought that when you have that affair, you subject the Holy Spirit to that affair? Have you ever considered that when you watch pornography, you subject the Holy Spirit to that because He resides within you? When you lie and when you deceive, when you gossip 
And when you backbite, the Holy Spirit is within you. And you drive him away. You grieve him. That's the harm. Friends, Samson was impulsive. He did not care. He was compromising. He treated the things of God casual. I know it doesn't feel like a big deal, but what is the harm of drinking of the vine? What's the harm of shaving the head? What's the harm of touching a dead body, friends? He drove the Spirit of God from him. And could it be you've done the same in your home? Could it be that your marriage is not what it should be because, Dad, there's sin that is abounding in you. And your wife may not know it. Your children may not know it. Your pastor may not know it. But the Spirit of God that's inside you knows it. And He knows it well. Number three, Samson was unteachable. <clears throat> now this is interesting. I want you to note this about his life. Out of chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. You know what we don't see around Samson? This is huge. Say, just say amen if you're with me. Amen. A lot of you nod your head, but I can't see you nodding your head. I need to know you're there. I'm flying blind. <laughs> well, you know what? I say that and the Lord convicts me. Because you know what the book of Micah says? When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be light to me. Amen? And the Lord is light to me. Glory to God. He was unteachable. Now, this is interesting. Out of all those chapters of Samson's life, you know what we don't see? We don't see any men around him. We don't see any godly men speaking into his life. I want you to note this about Samson. He was a one-man show. He was a loner. I want you to note Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. The Bible says that a man that isolates himself seeks his own desire and rejects advice. A man that isolates himself seeks his own desires. What did Samson do? Verse 3, chapter 14. He did what was right in his own eyes. A man that isolates himself seeks his own desires and rejects advice. There was no one speaking into Samuel. There was no one saying, Samuel, I see a change in you. Samuel, you're making mistakes. Samuel, you're veering off the path of righteousness. Samuel, Samson, you're not pleasing God with your decisions. Samson, you need to get serious about the Lord. He didn't have anyone around him. I feel God telling me to preach specifically to men this morning. Men, who is in your life? I realize many of you are introverts. I'm an introvert to a great degree. If I had my choice between being in a room full of 15 to 20 people and being at home in my recliner and Thinking to myself, I'd choose my, I'd be alone every single time. But see, the question is not, are you an introvert? The question isn't, are you comfortable around crowds? People think because I speak in front of other people, I'm, I'll just, 
I'm big and outgoing. No, I'm actually quite withdrawn. And I'm actually extremely quiet. And I like to be reflective. And I like to be alone. I, so it's a struggle for me. I have, to, I have to pay attention. I have to watch out. But friends, it's not a question of if you're an introvert today. It's the question. Hear me. Say amen if you're with me right now. Amen. Dads, I want to talk especially to you. Who have you given permission to speak into your life? To say, you're not as spiritual as you were. You're not praying like you were. You're not in church like you were. You don't got your family pursuing God like you did. Give people permission for that. As you leave today at the Welcome Center, there's these sheets called, There's Something for You. They list all of our Bible studies. we got multiple Bible studies going on right now for men and for women and for both men and women together. You need to look at that. You need to join one of those. Why? Not so you can just add something to your plate. Not so you can just check something off a box. No, friends, you need community. You need accountability. And you need to have men in your life. You need to have women in your life. Women, you need to have other women in your life. You need to have people that are speaking into you. That when you veer a little off the path, they help get you back on the right path. Amen. And we all need that. You know, a hot burning coal, it cannot stay hot on its own. You realize that, right? And neither will you. You gotta, you gotta fan the flame. You gotta be around other hot burning coals. You need the accountability. You need the community. And what we see void in Samson's life is that there were no men around him. There were no men, no godly men speaking into his life. There was no community. There was no accountability. And is it the same with you? Could it be the same in your life? Friends, you can change that. By jumping into a group. And you need to do that. He was unteachable. The Bible says in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Don't be a one man show. Don't be a lone ranger. Number four. And then I'll begin to land the plane. (laughs) We're on our descent. (laughs) Samson thought he was invincible. For 20 years he judged Israel. And for 20 years there was no one in the land like him. And he thought he was invincible. What does the Bible say, friends? Pride goes before the fall. Hear my heart, my friends. Oh, I'm a pastor. I'm a shepherd. And I'm going to say to you as pastorally as I can. I'm going to say to you as lovingly as I can. But I'm going to say as blunt and clear as I can. Many of you think you're invincible. If you didn't, you would stop your sexual immorality. Because the fact is, you could die tonight. You would walk away from your lifestyle. You would walk away from the sin. You would stop offending God. You would stop slapping God in the face with your sin if you 
didn't think if you thought you would stand in judgment. But no, see, many of you, you think you're invincible. You think you got plenty of time. My little girl this morning, Piper, who's 10, she was getting ready for church, and she changed her outfit. And I said, why did you change your outfit? And just the way she said it, it was cute, but just the way she said it, she said, oh, I'll wear it next Sunday. And I thought, oh, how we presume that we have next Sunday. That's why the Bible teaches us to say, if the Lord wills. And see, some of you are living your life assuming that you have day after day, year after year. You think that you're invincible. And my precious friend, you're not. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today's the day to repent of your sin. Today, because you're not promised tomorrow. Lastly, about Samson. We've seen the ugly chapters of his life. We've seen the sins. We've seen the trail of regrets. But Let me tell you what happens to him in the end. Chapter 16, verse 22. The Philistines come and they gouge out both of his eyes. You know what the Bible means when it says they gouged out his eyes? It means they took a hot poker and they seared both of his eyes. And they then took a knife and carved out whatever was left of the eye cavity. And here's Samson, the mighty man of God. With a call of God on his life. That from the day he is born to the day he dies belongs to God. And here Samson is blind and bound by the enemy. And it looks like it's over. But you know why I want to call today's message God's not through with you? Because chapter 16, verse 22, is a remarkable uh, verse. While Samson is grinding the mill, blind and bound, something begins to happen. The Bible says that his hair begins to grow. And the Philistines don't notice it. And day by day, his hair begins to grow. To grow. Well, you know what that means, friends? His strength is returning. <clears throat> and you know what the Bible says to you? You who've been in sexual immorality, you who've been deceptive, you who's steeped in sin, you who are far away from God today, you who are living according to your flesh, you who have no regard for God. You know what the Bible says to you? That every day God's mercy is renewed for you. Lamentations 3. And where it looked like things would be over, God had a new beginning for Samson. And I don't care what your past is today. I don't care how great your sin was last night. God has a new beginning for you. Because while you slept, His mercies, they were renewed. Friends, it is never too late to cry out to God. 
There are many different ways you can connect to Awaken to Grace in a more personal way. First, visit our website, awakentograce.com. Second, you can subscribe to our podcast, Awakened to Grace with Chad Roberts. Third, you can download our free mobile app. Simply search Awakened to Grace wherever you get your favorite apps. And lastly, send me an email directly. It's simply Pastor Chad Roberts at gmail.com.